at the corner of Beaver Street, beneath the scaffolding, Bloom, panting, stops on the fringe of the noisy, quarrelling knot. A lot, not knowing a jot what. Hi, hi, row and wrangle round the who, what, brawl altogether. Stephen, with elaborate gestures, breathing deeply and slowly. You are my guests, the uninvited, by virtue of the 5th of George and 7th of Edward. History to blame, fabled by mothers of memory. Private car to Sissy Caffrey. Was he insulting you? Addressed her invocative feminine, probably neuter. Ungenitive. Voices. No, he didn't. The girls telling lies. He was a Mrs. Cohen. Hey, what's up? Soldiers and civilians. Sissy Caffrey. I was in company with the soldiers and they left me to do, you know, and the young man ran up behind me. But I'm faithful to the man that's treating me, though I'm only a shilling whore. Stephen, catch a sight of Kitty's and Lynch's heads. Hail, Sisyphus! He points to himself and the others. Poetic. <laughs> Neo-poetic. Voices. She's faithful, the man! Sissy Caffrey. Yes, to go with him, and me with a soldier friend. Private Compton. He doesn't all want the thick ear, the blighter. Biff him one, Harry. Private Carr to Sissy. Was he insulting you? While me and him was having a piss. Lord Tennyson, in Union Jack blazer and cricket flannels, bareheaded, flowing bearded. There's not true reason why. Private Compton. Biffy, Mary. Stephen, to Private Compton. I don't know your name, but you're quite right. Dr. Swift says one man in armour will be ten men in their shirts. Shirt is synecdoche, part for the whole. Sissy Caffrey to the crowd. No! I was with the privates. Stephen, amiably. Why not? The bold soldier boy. In my opinion, every lady, for example. Private Carr, his cap awry, advancing to Stephen. Say, how would it be, Governor, if I was to bash in your jaw? Stephen looks up in the sky. How? Very unpleasant. Noble art of self-pretense. Personally, I detest action. He waves his hand. The hand hurts me slightly. Enfin... To Sissy Caffrey. Some trouble is on here. What is it precisely? Dolly Gray, from her balcony, waves her handkerchief, giving the sign of the heroine of Jericho. Rahab, cook, son, goodbye. Safe home to Dolly. Dream of the girl you left behind, and she will dream of you. The soldiers turn their swimming eyes. Bloom, elbowing through the crowd. Pluck Stephen's sleeve vigorously. Come now, Professor. That car man is waiting. Stephen turns. Eh? He disengages himself. Why should I not speak to him, or to any human being who walks upright upon this oblate orange? He points his finger. I'm not afraid of what I can talk to if I see his eye. Retaining the perpendicular. He staggers a pace back. Bloom propping him. Retain your own. Stephen laughs emptily. <laughs> uh, my center of gravity is displaced. I have forgotten the trick. Let us sit down somewhere and discuss. Struggle for life is the law of existence. What modern philirenists, notably the Tsar and the King of England, have invented arbitration. He taps his brow. But in here it is, I must kill the priest and the king. Biddy the clap. Did you hear what the professor said? He's a professor out of the college. Cunty Kate. I did, I heard that. Biddy the clap. 
he expresses himself with much marked refinement of phraseology. Cunty Kate. Indeed, yes. And at the same time with such apposite trenchancy. Private Carl pulls himself free and comes forward. What's that you're saying about my king? Edward VII appears in an archway. He wears a white jersey on which an image of the Sacred Heart is stitched with the insignia of garter and thistle, golden fleece, elephant of Denmark, Skinner's and Probin's horse, Lincoln's Inn bencher, and ancient and honourable artillery company of Massachusetts. He sucks a red jujube. He is robed as a grand, elect, perfect and sublime mason with trowel and apron marked Made in Germany. In his left hand, he holds a plasterer's bucket on which is printed Défense du Rinet. A roar of welcome greets him. Hey! Edward VII, slowly, solemnly, but indistinctly. Peace, perfect peace. For identification, bucket in my hand. Cheerio, boys. He turns to his subjects. We have come here to witness a clean, straight fight. And we heartily wish both men the best of good luck. Mahak, Makar, Abak. He shakes hands with Private Carr, Private Compton, Stephen, Bloom, and Lynch. General applause. Edward VII lifts the bucket graciously in acknowledgement. Private Carr to Stephen. Say it again. Stephen, nervous, friendly, pulls himself up. Uh, I understand your point of view, though I have no king myself for the moment. This is the age of patent medicine. A discussion is difficult down here, but this is the point. You die for your country, suppose. He places his arm on Private Carr's sleeve. Not that I wish it for you, but I say, let my country die for me. Up to the present, it has done so. I, I don't want it to die. Damn death, long live life. Edward VII levitates over heaps of slain, in the garb and with the halo of joking Jesus, a white jujube in his phosphorescent face. My methods are new and are causing surprise To make the blind see I throw dust in their eyes Stephen Kings and unicorns He falls back a pace Come somewhere and we'll... What was that girl saying? Private Compton Aye, Harry, give him a kick in the knackers Stick one into Jerry Bloom to the private softly He doesn't know what he's saying Taking a little more than is good for him Absinthe the green-eyed monster. I know him. He's a gentleman, a poet. It's all right. Stephen nods, smiling and laughing. <laughs> gentleman, <laughs> patriot, scholar, and judge of impostors. Private Carr. I don't give a bugger who he is. Private Compton. We don't give a bugger who he is. Stephen. I seem to annoy them. Green rag to a bull. Kevin Egan of Paris, in black, Spanish-tasseled shirt and People Day Boy's hat, signs to Stephen. Kevin Egan. Hello. Bonjour. The vieille ogresse with the donjon. Patrice Egan peeps from behind, his rabbit face nibbling a quince leaf. Patrice. Socialist. Don Emile, Patrizio, France, Rupert, Pope Hennessy. In medieval hauberk, two wild geese volant on his helm, with noble indignation, points a mailed hand against the privates. Have those ikes to put Borden. Big grand porcos of John Yellow's todos covered of gravy. Bloom to Stephen. Come home. You'll get into trouble. Stephen, swaying. I don't avoid it. He provokes my intelligence. Biddy the clap. One immediately observes that he is of patrician lineage. The virago. Green above the red, to see. 
Wolf Tone. The board. The red's as good as the green and better. Up the soldiers. Up King Edward. A rough laughs. Why hands up to the west. The citizen with a huge emerald muffler and shalala calls. May the god above send down a dove with teeth as sharp as razors to slit the throat of the English dogs that hanged all Irish leaders. The croppy boy, the rope noose round his neck, gripes in his issuing bowels with both hands. I bear no hate to a living thing, but love my country beyond the king. Rumbled, Demon Barber, accompanied by two black-masked assistants, advances with a Gladstone bag, which he opens. Ladies and gents, cleaver purchased by Mrs. Percy to slay Morg. Knife with which Vuzzer dismembered the wife of a compatriot and hid remains in a sheet in the cellar. The unfortunate female's throat being cut from ear to ear. File containing arsenic retrieved from the body of Miss Farrow, which sent Seddon to the gallows. He jerks the rope. The assistants leap at the victim's legs and drag him downward, grunting. The croppy boy's tongue protrudes violently. The croppy boy... He gives up the ghost. A violent erection of the hanged sends guts of sperm spouting through his death clothes onto the cobblestones. Mrs. Bellingham, Mrs. Yelverton Barry and the Honourable Mrs. Mervyn Tallboys rush forward with their handkerchiefs to sop it up. Rumbled. I'm near it myself. He undoes the noose. Rope, which hanged the awful rebel. Ten shillings a time as applied to his royal highness. He plunges his head into the gaping belly of the hanged and draws out his head again, clotted with coiled and smoking entrails. My painful duty has now been done. God save the king. Edward VII dances slowly, solemnly, rattling his bucket and sings with soft contentment. On coronation day, on coronation day, oh, won't we have a merry time drinking whiskey, beer and wine? Private car. Here, what are you saying about my king? Stephen throws up his hands. Ah, oh, this is too monotonous. Nothing. He wants my money and my life. The want must be his master for some brutish empire of his. Money I haven't. He searches his pockets vaguely. Gave it to someone. Private car. Who wants your bleeding money? Stephen tries to move off. Will someone tell me where I am least likely to meet these necessary evils? Sas of Watosi à Paris. Not that I. But by St. Patrick. The women's heads coalesce. Old gummy granny in sugarloaf hat appears, seated on a toadstool, the death flower of the potato blight on her breast. Stephen. Aha! I know you, Grammar. Hamlet, revenge! The old sow that eats her farrow. Old gummy granny rocking to and fro. And and sweethearts, the king of Spain's daughter, Alana. Strangers in my house, bad manners to them. She keens with banshee woe. Achon, achon, silk of the kine. She wails. You met with poor old Ireland, and how does she stand? Stephen. How do I stand you? The hat trick. Where's the third person of the blessed trinity? Sogger the rune, the reverend carrion crow. 
Sissy Caffrey, shrill. Stop them from fighting! A rough. Our man retreated! Private Carr, tugging at his belt. I'll wring the neck if any bugger says a word against my fucking king! Bloom, terrified. He said nothing, not a word, a pure misunderstanding. The citizen. Aaron Gabra! Major Tweedy and the citizen exhibit to each other medals, decorations, trophies of war, wounds. Both salute with fierce hostility. Private Compton. Go it, Harry! Do him one in the eye. He's a pro boar. Stephen. Did I? When? Bloom to the redcoats. We fought for you in South Africa. Irish missile troops. Isn't that history? Royal Dublin Fusiliers, honoured by our monarch. The navvy, staggering past. Oh, yes. Oh, God, yes. Oh, make the quar a crow war. Oh, oh. <coughs> halberdiers in armour. Thrust forward a pentis of gutted spear points. Major Tweedy, moustached like Turco the Terrible in bearskin cap with hackle plume and accoutrements, with epaulette, gilt chevrons and sabotage, his breast bright with medals, toes the line. He gives the pilgrim warrior's sign of the Knights Templars. Major Tweedy growls gruffly. Rock stripped. That guards, madam. Mahal, Shalal, Hashfal. Private car. All do we mean? Private Compton waves the crowd back. Fair play here. Make a bleeding butcher's shop with a bugger. Masked bands blare Gary Owen and God Save the King. Sissy Caffrey. They're going to fight for me. Cunty Kate. They're brave and they're fair. Billy the Clap. Me thinks John Save a nice with justice with the best. Cunty Kate, blushing deeply. Hey, madam, the gills doublet and Mary St. George for me. Stephen. All its cry from street to street shall weave old Ireland's winding sheet. Private car, loosening his belt, shouts. I'll wring the neck of any fucking bastard says a word against my bleeding fucking king. Bloom shakes Sissy Caffrey's shoulders. Speak, you. Are you struck dumb? You are the link between nations and generations. Speak, woman, sacred life giver. Sissy Caffrey, alarmed, seizes private car's sleeve. With you, I'm not your girl. Sissy's your girl. She cries. Please. Stephen, ecstatically, to Sissy Caffrey. White thy fambles, red thy gan, and thy quarrens dainty is. Voices. Police. Distant voices. Brimstone fires spring up. Dense clouds roll past. Heavy Gatling guns boom. Pandemonium. Troops deploy. Gallop of hoofs. Artillery. Horse commands. Bells clang. Backers shout. Drunkards bawl. Whores screech. Foghorns hoot. Cries of valor. Shrieks of dying. Pikes clash on cuirasses. Thieves rob the slain. Birds of prey winging from the sea. Rising from marshlands, swooping from Ares, hover screaming, gannets, cormorants, vultures, goshawks, climbing woodcocks, peregrines, merlins, black grouse, sea eagles, gulls, albatrosses, barnacle geese. The midnight sun is darkened. The earth trembles. The dead of Dublin, from Prospect and Mount Jerome, in white sheepskin overcoats and black Goatfell cloaks arise and appear to many. A chasm opens with a noiseless yawn. Tom Rochford, winner in athlete singlet and breeches, 
arrives at the head of the National Hurdle Handicap and leaps into the void. He is followed by a race of runners and leapers. In wild attitudes, they spring from the brink. Their bodies plunge. Factory lasses with fancy clothes toss red-hot Yorkshire barra bombs. Society ladies lift their skirts above their heads to protect themselves. Laughing witches in red cutty socks ride through the air on broomsticks. Quaker lister plasters blisters. It rains dragon's teeth. Armed heroes spring up from furrows. The exchange in amity, the pass of Knights of the Red Cross, and fight duels with cavalry sabers. Wolf Tone against Henry Grattan, Smith O'Brien against Daniel O'Connell, Michael Davitt against Isaac Butt, Justin McCarthy against Parnell, Arthur Griffith against John Redmond, John O'Leary against Lero Johnny, Lord Edward Fitzgerald against Lord Gerald Fitzedward, the O'Donoghue of the Glens against the Glens of the Donoghue. On an eminence, the center of the earth, rises the field altar of St. Barbara. Black candles rise from its gospel and epistle horns. From the high barbicans of the tower, two shafts of light fall on the smoke-palled altar stone. On the altar stone, Mrs. Mina Purifoy, goddess of unreason, lies naked, fettered, a chalice resting on her swollen belly. Father Malachi O'Flynn, in a long petticoat and reverse chasuble, his two left feet back to the front, celebrates camp mass. The Reverend Mr. Hugh C. Haynes Love M.A., in a plain cassock and mortarboard, his head and collar back to the front, holds over the celebrant's head an open umbrella. Father Malachi O'Flynn. Introibo ad altare diaboli. The Reverend Mr. Haynes Love. To the devil which hath made glad my young days. Father Malachi O'Flynn takes from the chalice and elevates a blood-dripping host. Opus meum. The Reverend Mr. Haynes Love raises high behind the celebrant's petticoats, revealing his grey, bare, hairy buttocks, between which a carrot is stuck. My body. The voice of all the damned. voice of Adonai calls. The voice of all the blessed. Hallelujah! For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth! From on high, the voice of Adonai calls. God! In strident discord, peasants and townsmen of orange and green factions sing Kick the Pope! And Private car with ferocious articulation. I'll do him in, so help me fucking Christ. I'll ring the bastard fucker's bleeding blasted fucking windpipe. Old gummy granny thrusts a dagger towards Stephen's hand. Remove him, Akushler. At 8.35 a.m. you will be in heaven and Ireland will be free. She prays. Oh, good God, take him. Bloom runs to Lynch. Can't you get him away? Lynch. He likes dialectic, the universal language. Kitty! To Bloom. Get him away, you. He won't listen to me. He drags Kitty away. Stephen points. Exit, Judas. But luck we all say suspend it. Bloom runs to Stephen. Come along with me now before worse happens. Here's your stick. 
Stick, no. Reason. This feast of pure reason. Sissy Caffrey, pulling private car. Come on, you're boost. He insulted me, but I forgive him. Shouting in his ear. I forgive him for insulting me. Bloom, over Stephen's shoulder. Yes, go. You see he's incapable. Private car breaks loose. I'll insult him. He rushes towards Stephen, fists outstretched, and strikes him in the face. Stephen totters, collapses, falls, stunned. He lies prone, his face to the sky, his hat rolling to the wall. Bloom follows and picks it up. Major Tweedy, loudly. Come on, in Bachit. Cease fire. Salute. The retriever, barking furiously. Out, out, out. Out, out, out. Out, out. The crowd. Let him up. Don't strike him when he's down. Here. Who? The soldier hit him. He's a professor. Is he hurt? Don't manhandle him. He's fainted. The retriever, nosing on the fringe of the crowd, barks noisily. Row, row, row. A hag. Well, call the red coat to strike the gentleman. I'll heal to the influence. Let him go and fight the boars. The board. Listen to who's talking. Hasn't the soldier a right to go with his girl? He gave him the coward's blow. They grab at each other's hair, claw at each other, and spit. The retriever, barking. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Bloom shoves them back loudly. Get back! Stand back! Private Compton, tugging his comrade. Here, bugger off, Harry. There's the cops. Two rain-caped watch, tall, stand in the group. First watch. What's wrong here? Private Compton. We were with this lady, and he insulted us and assaulted my chum. The retriever bucks. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who owns the bleeding tyke? Sissy Caffrey with expectation. Is he bleeding? A man rising from his knees. No, gone off. He'll come to, all right. Bloom glances sharply at the man. Leave him to me. I can easily... Second watch. Uh, who are you? Do you know him? Private car lurches towards the watch. He insulted my lady friend. Bloom, angrily. You hit him without provocation. I'm a witness. Constable, take his regimental number. Second watch. I don't want your instructions in the discharge of my duty. Private Compton pulling his comrade. Here, bugger off, Harry. Oh, Bennett love you in the lockup. Private car staggering as he has pulled away. God fuck old Bennett. He's a white-ass bugger. Oh, I don't give a shit for him. First watch, taking out his notebook. What's his name? Bloom, peering over the crowd. I just see a car there. If you give me a hand, a second, Sergeant. First watch. Name and address. Corny Kelleher, weepers round his hat, a death wreath in his hand, appears among the bystanders. Bloom, quickly. Oh, the very man. He whispers. Simon Dedalus's son, a bit sprung. Get those policemen to move those loafers back. Second watch. Night, Mr. Kelleher. Corny Kelleher, to the watch, with drawling eye. That's all right, I know him. Won a bit on the races. Gold cop, throw away. He laughs. <laughs> Twenty to one, do you follow me? First watch turns to the crowd. Here, what are you all gaping at? Move on out of that. The crowd disperses slowly, muttering down the lane. Corny Kelleher. Leave it to me, Sergeant, that'll be all right. He laughs, shaking his head. <laughs> we were often as bad ourselves, eh, your worse, what? Hey, what? First watch laughs. I suppose so. Corny Kelleher nudges the second watch. Come and wipe your name off the slate. He lilts, wagging his head. With my tooraloom, 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 tooraloom. What, eh? Do you follow me? Second watch, genially. Ah, uh, sure we were too. Corny Kelleher winking. Boys will be boys. I have a car around there. Second watch. All right, Mr. Kelleher, good night. No, I'll see to that. Bloom shakes hands with both of the watch in turn. Uh, thank you very much, gentlemen, thank you. He mumbles confidentially. <laughs> we don't want any scandal, you understand. Father is a well-known, highly respected citizen. 
Just a little wild oats, you understand. First watch. Oh, I understand, sir. Second watch. That's all right, sir. First watch. It was only in case of corporal injuries. I'd have had to report it at the station. Bloom nods rapidly. Naturally. Quite right. Only your bounden duty. Second watch. It's our duty. Good night, man. The watch saluting together. Night, night gentlemen. gentlemen. They move off with slow, heavy tread. Bloom blows. <sighs> Providential, you came on the scene. You have a car? Corny Kelleher laughs, <laughs> pointing his thumb over his right shoulder to the car brought up against the scaffolding. Two commercials that were standing fizz in jammies, like Prince's fate. One of them lost two quid on the race, drowning his grief, and were on for a go with the jolly girls. So I landed them up on Behan's car and down to Night Town. I was just going home by Gardiner Street when I happened to... Corny Kelleher laughs. <laughs> Should they wanted me to join in with the moths? No, by God, says I. Not for old stages like myself and yourself. He laughs again and <laughs> leers with lackluster eye. Thanks be to God, we have it in the house. What, eh? Do you follow me? <laughs> Bloom tries to laugh. He, he, he. Yes. Uh, matter of fact, I was just visiting an old friend of mine there, Virag. You don't know him. Poor fellow, he's laid up for the past week. We had a liquor together, and I was just making my way home. The horse neighs. Sure, it was Behan our Jarby there that told me, after we left the two commercials in Mrs. Cohen's, and I told him to pull up and got off to sea. He laughs. <laughs> Sober hearse driver's a speciality. Will I give him a lift home? Where does he hang out? Somewhere in Cabra, what? No, in Sandy Cove, I believe, from what he let drop. Stephen, prone. Breathes to the stars. Corny Kelleher, a squint, draws at the horse. Bloom in loom, looms down. Corny Kelleher scratches his nape. Sandy Cove. He bends down and calls to Stephen. Hey. He calls again. Hey. He's covered with shavings, anyhow. Take care they didn't lift anything off him. No, no, no. I have his money and his hat here and stick. Ah, well, he'll get over it. No bones broken. Well, I'll shove along. He laughs. <laughs> I've a rendezvous in the morning. Burying the dead. Safe home. The horse neighs. Good night. I'll just wait and take him along in a few... Corny Kelleher returns to the outside car and mounts it. The horse harness jingles. Corny Kelleher from the car, standing. Night. Night. The Jarvie chucks the reins and raises his whip encouragingly. The car and horse back slowly, awkwardly, and turn. Corny Kelleher on the side seat sways his head to and fro in sign of mirth at Bloom's plight. The Jarvie joins in the mute pantomimic merriment, nodding from the farther seat. Bloom shakes his head in mute, mirthful reply. With thumb and palm, Corny Kelleher reassures that the two bobbies will allow the sleep to continue, for what else is to be done? With a slow nod, Bloom conveys his gratitude as that is exactly what Stephen needs. The car jingles Touraloom round the corner of the Touraloom lane. Corny Kelleher again reassurelooms with his hand. Bloom, with his hand, assurelooms Corny Kelleher that he is reassurelumte. The tinkling hoofs and jingling harness grow fainter with their Touraloo-loo-loo-loo-lay. Bloom, holding in his hand Stephen's hat festooned with shavings and ash plant, stands irresolute. Then he bends to him and shakes him by the shoulder. Hey, who? Oh. There is no answer. He bends again. Mr. Dedalus. There is no answer. 
the name if you call. Somnambulist. He bends again and, hesitating, brings his mouth near the face of the prostrate form. Stephen. There is no answer. He calls again. Stephen. Stephen groans. Ooh, black panther vampire. He sighs and stretches himself, then murmurs thickly with prolonged vowels. Who drive Fergus now and pierce wood's woven shade? He turns on his left side, sighing, doubling himself together. Poetry, well educated. Pity. He bends again and undoes the buttons of Stephen's waistcoat. To breathe. He brushes the wood shavings from Stephen's clothes with light hands and fingers. One pound seven. Not hurt anyhow. He listens. What? Stephen murmurs. Shadows. The woods. White breast. Dim. He stretches out his arms, sighs again and curls his body. Bloom... Holding his hat and ash plant, stands erect. A dog barks in the distance. Bloom tightens and loosens his grip on the ash plant. He looks down on Stephen's face and form. Bloom communes with the night. Face reminds me of his poor mother. In the shady wood, the deep white breast. Ferguson, I think I caught a girl, some girl. Best thing could happen him. He murmurs. Swear that I will always hail, ever conceal, never reveal any part or parts, art or arts. He murmurs. In the rough sands of the sea, a cable toes length from the shore, where the tide ebbs and flows. Silent, thoughtful, alert, he stands on guard his fingers at his lips in the attitude of secret master. Against the dark wall, a figure appears slowly, a fairy boy of eleven, a changeling, kidnapped, dressed in an eaten suit with glass shoes and a little bronze helmet, holding a book in his hand. He reads from right to left, inaudibly, smiling, kissing the page. Bloom, wonderstruck, calls inaudibly. Rudy gazes unseeing into Bloom's eyes and goes on reading, kissing, smiling. He has a delicate mauve face. On his suit, he has diamond and ruby buttons. In his free left hand, he holds a slim ivory cane with a violet bow knot. A white lambkin peeps out of his waistcoat pocket. <laughs> 